88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Hong Kong home prices fall and the stock market slumps amid rising interest rates and growing geopolitical tensions. The Bank of England steps into the bond market to stem growing volatility and lawmakers urge the government to beef up measures to prevent child abuse at foster homes. There are fresh concerns tonight about the local economy as both property and stock prices sank amid ongoing fears about a possible global recession. Latest government figures showed private home prices are at their lowest in three and a half years. For the year, prices have dropped six and a half percent. A senior director for research and consultancy at Savills, Simon Smith, says property prices could fall further and faster. It's difficult to see any really positive news around the corner at this point. Of course, there are a number of negative factors impacting the market. It's not just about rising interest rates, which are translating through into higher mortgage rates. And the expectations of further rises are also dampening demand prospects. But we're also seeing stock market volatility. We've seen heavy falls over, over recent weeks. And that, we find, often does translate into lower demand for real estate. The Hang Seng Index plunged 609 points, or nearly 3.5%, to 17,250. Paul Pong, Managing Director of Pegasus Fund Managers, says sentiment was hit by recession fears in the US and the UK and rising tensions over the Ukraine war. We did not see any good news coming out and more bad news is coming. Especially starting in October, U.S. will have the quarter earnings. We expect the quarter earnings will be worse and also the expectation of the another coming quarter will be much even worse. So I think the Ted and also the financial sector will be suppressed, especially the bank sector, because it supports the economy. If the economy is good, mostly the banking sector is, you know, will be beneficial from, from the good economy. But if it's bad, I think the bank sector will actually will suffer more. The Bank of England intervened in the bond market to tackle what it described as significant volatility after adverse reaction to the Chancellor's plans for tax cuts to high earners and increased borrowing. The bank said it would buy long-dated gilt on whatever scale is necessary to restore order to the two trillion US dollar market, which had slid following the government's announcement last week. The BBC's Victoria Craig reports. The UK central bank took the wraps off temporary measures designed to steady financial markets that have endured historic swings. The Bank of England said it will begin buying long-dated government bonds on Wednesday and continue to do so until October 14th. The move is designed to put demand back into a market where a sell-off in recent days has led to an historic rise in borrowing costs. It comes after the British government on Friday unveiled a series of deep tax cuts that investors worry will only fuel inflation that's holding near a 40-year high. Back locally, the head of the Hong Kong Doctors' Union has backed the government's decision to annul vaccine pass exemption certificates issued by seven private medics accused of issuing them without holding medical consultations. Some 20,000 people affected by the move will lose access to places covered by the vaccine pass in two weeks' time unless they get new exemption certificates or COVID jabs, Damon Pang reports. Henry Lung, the union's president, described the cancellation of the certificates and the two-weeks notice for those affected as reasonable. I don't think it's a case where the government is targeting the medical sector, he said. But he also told an RTHK program that doctors will be under pressure now when asked for exemption certificates, especially when it's not completely clear-cut whether a patient should avoid COVID jabs for medical reasons. Alex Lam, who chairs Hong Kong Patients' Voices, agreed with Dr Leung, saying the arrest of the seven doctors has had a chilling effect on the profession. He said the large number of exemptions the seven are accused by police of approving shows there is a market for the certificates.
Mr. Lam said he understands that some people have been refused exemption certificates, even though public hospital doctors consider them to be unsuitable for COVID vaccines. The Office of the Government's Chief Information Officer said people holding invalidated exemptions will receive a message on their Leave Home Safe app informing them when the certificate will no longer be accepted. It said officials will use a list of names provided by the Department of Health to send out the messages. Hong Kong reported 3,911 new COVID infections today, including 208 imported cases. 14 more COVID patients have died. On to the weather. It'll be... We will have it'll be mainly cloudy with sunny intervals and a few showers tomorrow. And temperatures will range between 27 and 31 degrees. The outlook: sunny intervals and a few showers in the next few days. The strong monsoon signal is in effect. It's 29 degrees Celsius. Humidity is 76 percent. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. Lawmakers have urged the government to beef up measures to prevent child abuse at foster homes. This follows a scandal at the children's residential home in Prince Edward, which led to the prosecution of more than 30 former staff. Kelly Yu reports. The lawmakers from Lechko's panel on welfare services made the remarks after visiting the foster home, which has since undergone management reform and replaced its frontline carers. The DAB's Ben Chen, who chairs the panel, said while he's glad to see the changes, more needs to be done to ensure similar incidents don't happen again. We suggest the care home to take necessary change, especially in the culture, and also try to improve their measure in complaint because this kind of work is quite difficult to hire people, and also it is quite professional work. Bill Tang from the Federation of Trade Unions said the authorities should encourage more NGOs to get involved in running childcare facilities to diversify and improve the quality of services. We think it's a quite high risk to make the all resources to one or two NGOs to take care of the residential child care service. Mr Tang said having more groups involved could help lower the risk of abuse. And the Social Welfare Department says a second staff member at a Polong Kirk childcare home may have been in, in, implicated in the child abuse. The Polong Kirk revealed earlier this week that it had reported a staff member... It says its inspectors have reviewed security footage and found another staff member was also suspected of mistreating a child. Earlier, an expert on child development said the recent abuse allegations involving the carer at Polonkirk highlighted the need for more training and support, not only for childcare workers, but for teachers and parents. His associate, Professor Patrick Ip, from the University of Hong Kong's Department of Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine. Prevention work is far more important now because positive parenting should be the way to go in order to empower the parents as well as other child care how to properly handle the emotional problems and also the behavioural needs of young children rather than using physical means including corporal punishment to stop their improper behaviour. Local private healthcare centres are offering colorectal cancer screening for free or using a new method with higher accuracy. Doctors say colorectal cancer is the second most common cancer among Hong Kong people, but the five-year survival rate can reach 90% if diagnosed early. 300 free consultations will be offered. Dr Chu Wai Ying, who's involved in the scheme, says the new method is different from the one used under the government scheme. The government screening test detects some blood in the stool. There could be some false positive result because the blood in the stool 
is not only limited to the presence of cancer, it could be also caused by other disease in the bowel. The test that we are offering is different. We are using DNA extracted from the pool sample. Some of the study shows that the sensitivity of using the DNA test is actually higher. A fire at a restaurant in the northeast mainland city of Changchun has killed 17 people. Local officials say three others were injured in the blaze, which started shortly after noon. Priscilla Ng reports. The blaze broke out in an eatery in Changchun, the local government said in a statement posted on Weibo. It said firefighters rushed to the scene and that search and rescue work was completed within three hours. It said the injured had been sent to hospital for treatment. Authorities said the cause of the fire is under investigation. Videos on Weibo showed the front of the restaurant engulfed in flames as bystanders looked on. Earlier this month, a huge blaze in the central city of Changsha engulfed part of a skyscraper housing an office of state-owned telecommunications company China Telecom, but no casualties were reported. In July last year, a warehouse fire in northeastern Jilin killed 15 people and injured 25. Turning overseas, the Danish Defence Minister says that the ongoing leaks at Nord Stream gas pipelines in the Baltic were caused by carefully planned and very powerful explosions. Morten Birdsko's remarks followed talks in Brussels with NATO's Secretary-General. He said NATO was standing shoulder to shoulder with Denmark. Mr Birdsko said it would be several days before they knew what had happened. It was planned, well planned, and the effect, as you can see in the pictures that has been published, is huge. It's too early to say who is uh, behind it. Uh, it's also too early to say more about what's hap- actually happened. I guess if you look at the pictures, you can see the forces now are enormous and it's hard to handle them. A freelance journalist for the BBC in Myanmar has had her prison sentence increased by three years for making contact with an outlawed association. Tat Kain was convicted of contacting the editor of a pro-democracy radio programme. The BBC's Rebecca Henschke reports. Television presenter Tete Kai was arrested in August last year. She's had limited contact with her family since then. Earlier this month, she was sentenced to three years hard labour under a new law that criminalises the spread of what the junta deems as false news. She's now been found guilty of contacting banned pro-democracy organisations and given an additional three-year sentence. The Committee to Protect Journalists has described the ruling as outrageous and is calling for her to be freed immediately and for the military regime to stop criminalising journalists. North Korea appears to have fired a ballistic missile towards its eastern waters just hours before the US Vice President Kamala Harris is scheduled to visit the demilitarised zone between North and South Korea. Seoul said the unidentified missile had landed in the East China Sea. NASA successfully crashed its multi-million dollar spacecraft into Dimorphos, an asteroid the size of a football stadium, in an unprecedented test of humans' capacity to defend Earth from a doomsday scenario. Yet despite the mission's success, some are warning that a more immediate danger resides not above our heads but below our feet. One of those warning of the risk is Dr. Lara Mani, who works at the University of Cambridge's Centre for the Study of Existential Risk. These incredibly rare phenomena that have this large-scale event that can cause this climatic feedback. Um, But actually what we realise is uh, the size of of a volcanic eruption does not necessarily capable of causing that feedback. And in fact, eruptions of a ma- an order of magnitude uh, smaller are actually also capable of releasing enough gas 
uh, and ash up into the upper atmosphere to cause this climatic cooling event that can be so catastrophic for our world. Heavy rains from Hurricane Ian are lashing the west coast of the U.S. state of Florida and residents have been told to evacuate. Meteorologists are warning of life-threatening storm surges and up to 40 centimetres of rain. It's already left a trail of devastation across Cuba where two people were killed. Aaron Jajak, who's in Fort Myers, says the winds there are already strengthening. The streets are pretty empty right now. There's a few cars here and there. Buildings are boarded up. I'm at a gas station right now, and they've got all the gas uh, pumps all sealed off with plastic wrap. So people are prepared here. But, you know, there might be some people that have not evacuated yet. If they haven't evacuated yet, there still is some time to try and get out of here, especially if you're in one of those surge zones where the bad surge is expected. You know, it could be 12 feet of, of surge or more in some of these areas. Sport and Hong Kong's Ng On Yi has been knocked out of the British Open. This brings to an end a trailblazing outing in Milton Keynes for the three-time women's world champion. As Damon Pang reports. Ng On Yi took on Jordan Brown of Northern Ireland in the second round of the Open at the city's Marshall Arena. Brown was off to a fast start, winning the first two frames in a best-of-seven match. But the Hong Kong star fought back, taking the third 67-37 thanks to a half-century break. Brown, though, proved to be the better player on the day, reeling off the next two frames to win the match 4-1. At the weekend, Ng and her playing partner Judge Trump just failed to reach the final at the inaugural World Mixed Doubles. But the pair earlier beat the number one men's and women's players, Ronnie O'Sullivan and Rayanne Evans, helping to put the event firmly on the map. And Alfa Romeo have signed a new deal with Joe Guan Yu, which will keep China's first Formula One driver with the team for another season. The outfit says it's been impressed with Joe's commitment and attitude in his first F1 season. He's currently 17th in the Drivers' Championship with six points. He collected one point on his debut Grand Prix in Bahrain, following that up with points in Canada and Italy. Joe's new driving deal was revealed after Formula One announced it would double the number of sprint events next year to six. And another news, Guinea's former leader Musa Dadis Kamara is going on trial for his alleged role in a stadium massacre 13 years ago. An international commission accused him of personal criminal responsibility for the killing of more than 150 people during an opposition rally. Witnesses said the security forces blocked the stadium's exits and opened fire. Many people were killed with machetes and bayonets and more than 100 women were raped. Mr Kamara, who says he's innocent, returned from exile in Burkina Faso to stand trial. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Hong Kong home prices fall and the stock market slumps amid rising interest rates and growing geopolitical tensions. The Bank of England steps into the bond market to stem a growing volatility and lawmakers urge the government to beef up measures to prevent child abuse at foster homes. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio Shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist Your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple Colored curtains Mark the end of day I'll hear you My dear At twilight time And if you've just come to the end of your Wednesday and it's been a bit of a grueler, you've got 45 minutes of easy listening music just to keep you company between now and midnight. 
And for tonight, we've got a special request to celebrate a, a wedding, I should say, and it comes from Olivia Newton John. And I'd like to say congratulations on your 25th wedding anniversary, your silver anniversary from Michael, especially to Daisy. And from us here at Radio 3, wishing you both a long and happy life. And here is Olivia Newton John. Congratulations to you both. Maybe I hang around here a little more than I should. We both know I got somewhere else to go. But I got something to tell you that I never thought I would. But I believe you really ought to know. to love. 